0: All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this new episode of the What I Believe podcast. Uh, this episode's going to be a little bit different. I do not have anyone with me. It's just me, myself, and I for this episode. But the, the topic that I want to discuss today is very, very important in regards to how we view the people who have served and made the ultimate sacrifice for us in our country. A viewpoint that although it should be very popular um to agree that you know we we should be thankful always be thankful for those who put their lives online for us it's not really the most popular opinion especially for those who serve in in our country police firefighters it's important that we are reminded of one uh, we we need to be reminded of always being thankful for those who make the ultimate sacrifice for us. So we're going to discuss this and one of the biggest news stories in the past 20 years. So big topic, but let's get to it. All right. So this episode is really dedicated. As I said before, this episode is dedicated to those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our country who for for ever since the beginning of our nation uh those who have fought for us and whatever branch of the military it may be uh whether you serve home abroad um full-time or, or reserved, you know this this episode is dedicated to you and let, let's just let's just get dive into this this topic you know i know i know this podcast is about um different ways that a Christian could go through, I don't know, trials or uh, a Christian can go through high moments, low moments. Some of the things we learn in Christianity as we go along, like these are some of the topics I like to bring up. So if, you know, you're a Christian yourself or you want to be able to share this with someone who's not a Christian, that's what this is for. But uh, for me particularly, I wanted to talk about this subject of being thankful to those who are serving in our military or in our police, firefighters, whatever it may be. I think it's important to discuss this issue because I right now we live in a time that uh viewing the police, the firefighters or military, but more specifically the police as well, it's like if you have that opinion that you support our police, you, you it's like it's a weird shift to where you seem you seem like you're the issue that you know, this big outcry this past year of defunding the police and the the idea of of just basically almost eradicating the police in some of our neighborhoods in our communities. Some of the leaders on Capitol Hill were pushing for this. And I'm not gonna say specific names, but you know, you you know you've heard the arguments, you've heard the screams from people who protested all last year who want this idea of defunding the police to happen it, it is something that as parents as students or whatever it may be you you have to be aware of what you're pushing for the idea of wanting to as they say defund the police or as some of them may say we want to transfer the funding the money that we have we want to transfer it to something else you know that's basically defunding the police the idea of that is to just let crime run free you know if you were to defund the police you know they there's no law and there's no law who's going to enforce those the who's going to enforce the law that you have if you don't have a police force or anyone to maintain your city or your community and it it, it, that's that viewpoint is dangerous it's a dangerous viewpoint that for some reason caught has caught a lot of fire and a lot of support and I, I find it really crazy because although there are some um, mean and terrible cops as I mean, it, it doesn't apply to just cops, it can apply to anyone. Evil, sinful nature, it's all part of us, but for certain individuals who who have done some really horrible things who may be cops, you know, I understand that there's an issue with that in some cases, but the idea of defunding uh, an entire organization and just letting crime run free in your city, that's one viewpoint that I will never understand. And you should always be in support of your police because, you know, they are the ones literally putting their lives at risk for you every single day. And because they're being hated on and targeted upon, you know, they when they go outside their homes every single day, when they say goodbye to their families, they don't know if that will be the last time they see them because of this unpopular viewpoint that we have towards our police. And, I mean, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it, it really, that sort of hatred doesn't apply to firefighters as much because, I mean, you can definitely see on social media lots of examples of police getting um, hated upon for, From others because they're probably being too harsh or arresting someone and someone just pulls out their phone and, you know, they could, you know, accuse a, a a cop of something and it it creates so much chaos and stuff. And I, I, I even remember, uh, it was probably like a couple months ago that, uh, a, a cop pulled over this woman and she was just, you know, cursing him out and saying that he's a racist and that she he's you know she he's being too strict and too mean with this lady who he just pulled over because she was um speeding you know but this lady because of this mindset that that's been fed to so many people in our nation that the police are bad the police are racist the the police um are hunting other individuals and wanting to kill people you know that that mindset really affect affects people and for this woman she was like i said she was getting upset with the police officer who was just doing his job calling him a racist even though he's not he he claimed he's not a racist and that he he wasn't even white you know that's the uh the one of the popular viewpoints it's like you know cops are white and racist people you know and but like i said the 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 viewpoint that she was fed upon that was told to her time and time again, that is like something that it's twisted her mind. And not just this lady, but I would say lots of young individuals, um, especially in our college campuses today, if you have a viewpoint that is against certain organizations, then you will be labeled the wrong one or you'll be labeled as someone who is um, for whatever reason, but you you understand what I mean by this. It's a weird thing that over the course of time, you would think that you know I grew up saying you know you always respect the cops, the firefighters. You know they're here to help you. That's what I was taught growing up, and that's what I've always been raised on. And but when you see so many people who are protesting and they hate the police with a passion. That mindset is just continues from this generation to the next generation, and that is it's a it's a poison. I would like to say it's a poisonous, like that's the real, that is the real virus right there. Like that idea that you want to defund this organization, the police who protect you every single day, the idea that you want to get rid of them, if not slowly, sure, slowly but surely. Um, eliminate this group who protects you each and every day. Like, I think that is like a real virus that's been spreading to lots of individuals starts in, I mean, last year it started with a bunch of protests, but it's been, I, I feel like it, it gets nurtured and, and in, in college colleges uh, with all these professors who, you know, have their viewpoints on this topic as well. They, they influence so many young young individuals who, you know, if you're not rooted in your faith and you understand um, w- when you hear this stuff, you should be able to understand that it is of evil and that th- th- this viewpoint does does no good to anyone. So, I mean, that topic in and of itself, I think it's very important that parents and students and young adults should realize that the police they put their lives on the line for us at home every single day. And by wanting to defund an organization just because of the sake of one bad incident, which I'm not saying that this incident was good in any way. It was a very, very unfortunate situation. But it it is something that we need as a country, we need to look in the mirror and realize what we're Wanting to promote the idea of defunding the police is a big, big issue. But uh, for this episode, I, I, like I said, I want to talk about that. But I also want to discuss um, a, a, another another big issue that has risen up in our news recently. Um, if you haven't, if you don't, if you don't understand what has been going on. The, the, our president has wanted to um, pull troops out of the country of Afghanistan, which we've been there for 20 years ever since the ever since 9/11, those twin towers fell, and uh, our our the p- current president Bush sent um, troops out there to Afghanistan to, for the purpose of lots of things. I won't get in deep into it. But uh, we've been there for 20 years now. We're approaching the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And so um, as we're approaching this anniversary, our, our current administration wants to uh, bring bring out the military. It's, it's time that our troops come home and, and so on and so forth, which I don't think anyone really has a big argument against it. I mean, I guess some people could argue that we should stay but i mean for the most part i think it um our our troops have been there long enough and it's been a, one of the longest wars that we've been a part of the war of afghanistan and everything it's a long it's a long war that we've been a part of but most recently so he he the the idea is to bring the troops out and but the issue is is that the city of afghanistan or sorry the city the country of afghanistan has lots of american citizens and people who have worked with us who are translators or, uh, even the, as I said in a previous, um, little bit earlier, um, last week, the underground church is alive and well in Afghanistan. And there are people who Christians who are being persecuted, uh, from the Taliban, the group known as the Taliban, a terrorist group that has, um, swore to eliminate the western culture and wanting to establish their own and part of the western culture is the idea of christianity and spreading the name of jesus christ so th- these people who are part of the church are pretty much living in a dangerous situation to where they could be executed for their beliefs and stuff just like in the days of of the bible when you know when saul w- or sorry paul was um, persecuting christians Back then, but so there all those citizens, and even not just the American citizens and the people who helped America, but even the Afghan innocent Afghanian citizens who um, want to leave this country, wanted to leave the country of Afghanistan. They all, all these people together, they all want to leave the country because since the president decided to pull out of Afghanistan, the, the troops, uh, the group, as I said, the Taliban has recently taken over. And so a lot of people, they know the Taliban is a, is a terrorist group. They don't want to be in this country anymore, so they want to leave. And so everyone floods to this airport in the city of Kabul, Afghanistan, and it is just absolute chaos because there are so, like I said, there are so many individuals who want to leave. It's crazy that the, the amount of people who want to leave – but the United States, since the, since it was decided that we were going to withdraw our troops before we were to even withdraw these citizens who are living in Afghanistan, it's created a, a whole new nightmare of itself. Because like I said, there are so many people that want to leave, but there's not enough resources, not enough planes or whatever to um, to help all these people leave. And plus... On top of that, there is a deadline by, I mean, at the time of this recording, it's August 29th, and uh, the deadline is to get um, everyone out by August 31st, which I'm going to be straight to it. It's most most likely not going to happen, which is very unfortunate. So just setting the scene, as I said, there are lots of people who who are wanting to escape this country to the point of, uh if you've seen the video just a video of uh airplane taking off it's not a, a jet um uh, passenger airliner or, or anything like that it is a humongous military plane i believe it's called a c-17 um, plane from the air force humongous carries like they stuff so many people in there but the idea that these people want to leave this country so bad they were literally cleaning up onto the side of the plane, the tires, wherever, literally hanging on to it for dear life as this plane took off and they fell to their deaths because you can't hang on the side of an airplane as it travels, you know, what, 30,000 feet in the air? It, it, it's, It's not physically possible. It could be. But unless you're a stuntsman who's, you know, had practice with it and at least has a parachute on them, it is possible to pro- probably do that. But if you're just a, a young teenage Afghan boy who wants to leave this country because you know you're going to die from this terrorist group and you want to um, have a brand new life in America where you have freedom and liberty, the fact that you would literally cling onto an airplane and fall to your death speaks volumes of itself. So that, that, that was like the first scenario then, you know, like I said, more planes have come in and, you know, there's, like I said, there's lots of people waiting outside this airport because there's just, there's so many people, the military has been reinstated at that airport to try to, calm down the chaotic scene that's there and what happened um, a couple of days ago at, at the time of this recording there was you know like I said the military's like going through individuals who want to go to the airport go on the next plane and stuff military's checking them down checking all of them making sure everything's fine and stuff and then all of a sudden boom uh, a member of a ter- another terrorist group, known as ISIS-K, had a bomb strapped to them and blew, blew themselves up in a, in a suicide bombing that killed over 160 people, including 13 service members of our military. Now, this is where it, it, it starts to get frustrating I mean, it should have been frustrating at the time this all began, with uh, the the chaos that ensued when the president decided he was going to pull out the military first before helping the citizens first. But the the uh, this new scenario that thirteen U.S. servicemen and women um, died in Afghanistan. One of the one of the worst days in military history in regards to the amount of casualties that were lost in Afghanistan. It it is beyond me how, how crazy it is. I mean, let me just go through the names and the ages of these soldiers who went to Kabul, Afghanistan Not by choice, because their government sent them there. These young individuals who are, like I said, I'll tell you the ages of some of them, but the whole idea of going to a a nation that you've never been to before, you're going to help out all these Afghan citizens who are desperately seeking to leave their country, doing all this while knowing that The country's filled with terrorists who want to kill you. First up, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover, 31, of Salt Lake City, Utah. Marine Corps Sergeant Johanny Rosario Picardo, 25 years old, of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole L. Gee, 23 years old. Sacramento, California Marine Corps Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22 years old, Indio, California Marine Corps Corporal Dagan W. Page, 23 years old of Omaha, Nebraska Marine Corps Corporal Humberto A. Sanchez, 22 years old out of Logansport, Indianapolis Marine Corps Corporal David L. Espinoza, 20 years old, of Rio Bravo, Texas. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared M. Schmitz, 20 years old, St. Charles, Missouri. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley J. McCollum, 20 years old, of Jackson, Wyoming. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, 20 years old, of Rancho Cucamonga, California. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nakui, 20 years old, Norco, California. Navy Hospitalman Maxton W. Soviak, 22 years old, Berlin Heights, Ohio. And lastly, Army Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Nos, 23 years old, Coryton, Tennessee. Do you notice um, the, the names and the, the the ages on that list? I say about the average age is like 22, 23 years old. I myself, I, I am 22 years old. And the fact that, I mean, for one, I, w- I do want to serve in my military. One of these days, I will do it. But um, for me, like, I, I, I'm not a Marine Corps. Like, Marine Corps is not, like, the CIRP branch I would want to go into. But there there are people, these kids, and I'm going to call them, I mean, although they're technically adults, I will refer to them as kids because they had a humongous life ahead of them that was taken away from them 20 years old that's just the one who I mean all 13 of them God bless them and their families absolutely horrible but Dylan R. Marola 20 years old he's 20 years old Riley J. McCollum 20 years old Jared M. Schmitz 20 years old David L. Espinoza, twenty years old; Hunter Lopez, my age, twenty-two, and Nicole Gee, twenty-three. You know these people aren't far from my age group, but the these these people, they heard the call, they decided they were going to go to the military, go into the Marine Corps, and serve at whatever capacity they could. Unfortunately, in this this case scenario, they were sent to Kabul, Afghanistan. As I said, now it is a chaotic state, and because it is filled with so many terrorists that, like I said, they want to kill Americans, they want to destroy the Western culture, and the fact that there were so many people in that airport who were practically sitting ducks, makes it an easy target for them to get killed. 20 years old. Can you imagine? Think about that. Going to a city that you, or a country that you are not familiar with, willing to put it all on the line. If you've seen the interview that... For the um, Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, his father, when he had an interview on Fox News with uh, Tucker Carlson, he was describing. Uh, they they showed a video of Nakui, who's at that airport, who's you know doing his job, taking care of these citizens, and he's he met a little girl this afghan girl is probably like i i think like four or five years old and just talking to her he he has a body cam footage mostly i think it was taken like pretty much right before he died and you know he's just you know talking to this girl and saying how's it going i'm your friend how are you doing you know cheering her up if i had been in that scenario in that city i'd be terrified But these people, they don't let that define who they are. These people went there knowing that they could die, but went there, served their cause because they love our country so much. And what makes me upset is that there are individuals in this country, like I say, who hate the police, who do not care for our military, who rather leave this country or They would prefer that this country have different values than what our men and women have fought for. That is what makes me upset. Someone as young as 20 years old sacrificed his life for the greater good of his country. And is his his death relevant compared to our popular culture today? Are we going, is our celebrities, you know, George Floyd got a gold casket donated by, you know, celebrities, whatnot, got so much funding for that. What about our, what, what about our soldiers here? What, what, what praise will they get? Hmm. Certain individuals have gotten statues made out of them. Who It just mind boggles me why they would, but for these people, what are they going to get? Is it just going to be like a a one-week memory of them, and then we'll move on? And our president, who came out that day when these 13 individuals died, he came out and gave one of the worst press conferences i have ever witnessed the person who let that state who let that country run into absolute chaos who sent these individuals and many more there are lots of other people who are there right now sent them over there and they died because of how chaotic and how gullible this situation has become Our president, who made that situation possible, came out and probably gave one of the worst apologies I've ever seen. The man was weak. He did not sound strong. And if you don't believe me, just listen to the interviews of other parents who feel very upset at his decisions, at what he's done. Because he, everything goes to the top. The president is responsible for this massacre. And the fact that he's ignoring, I'm not going to say he's, he's completely ignoring their deaths, but the fact that his idea is that the mission moves on and that he's not going to extend the amount of time we should be there to ensure that every citizen comes out of that country alive. It, its It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. No one's, no one other than the family is suffering right now, honestly. These families who, I mean, let's just take Dylan Marola, 20 years old, Rancho Cucamonga. I live in Upland, California. Rancho is literally 10 minutes down the street from my house. He went to, Marola went to Los Osos High School. I used to go there, not as a student. But when I was involved in ROTC, I went there um, to do competitions there. And we're not that far off in age. He he was 20 years old. I was 22. I mean, I don't know if he did ROTC in high school, but could have been that we could have competed against each other and not have known. Or the fact that um, at my work, I work in Upland as well, Um, we, We could have, he could have come into my work and gotten something and I would have known it. The fact that he had more bravery than most citizens in this country, the bravery to go to Afghanistan and sacrifice his life for the greater good of our country is nothing short of heroic. But the idea of wanting to Treat people who protect our who protect us every single day. The idea that we, we live in a horrible country. Are you absolutely kidding me? People who complain of the flaws of our country, who say that this country is horrible, they don't feel pride when they see that American flag, who don't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem, who want to take a knee for that, for people like these 13 who sacrificed their lives for us this country needs to wake up and look in the mirror at what they're preaching these 13 sacrificed their lives they'll probably be forgotten due because of our culture they shouldn't be forgotten the people who died in afghanistan these 20 years they should not have been for, they should not be forgotten but we're going to put that aside. I am guarantee you, we're going to put that aside. And in a, a month, a year, whatever, it's not going to be relevant anymore. At least for these 13. It's not going to be relevant. Because we're too focused on wanting to change our country. Even though we live on the best country in the world. This... This is something that I, I think has been really burning on my heart. And the fact that these people these young individuals, these kids who had, like I said, they had a whole life ahead of them. They it was just cut short. It was cut short from them. They were put in a situation that shouldn't have been this chaotic, should have been planned for and executed a whole lot different than what it has been so far. And the fact is, at the time of this recording, there has been lots of reports that another attack is going to happen at that airport. Which means that more and more citizens, Afghan citizens, United States military, servicemen, and women are going to die. Which could have been 100% avoidable if this had been planned for and executed a lot better than what it has been. So, in closing, it's very important that I I just want to emphasize to our country and to these young adults or parents listening, always be grateful for what you have. Life at at whatever stage of life you're enduring, whether it's good or bad, Know that you have the freedoms, that you have the liberty to do what you want, to say what you want, to worship however you want, to go wherever you want. Those freedoms that you have today, it, w- it was bought for by the blood of these men and women, not just today, but in way way back in the beginning of our country. Those who sacrificed, who spilled their blood on a battlefield, for you and for me. But ultimately, it leads back to the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for his death on the cross, we would all go to hell. Literally. Because we, live, we have a sinful nature in ourselves. But because of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice on that cross, we have the assurance of going to heaven. And I, I don't know where the salvation of these soldiers were. I do know, thankfully, um, Greg Glory did reach out on social media and did say that um, Mr. Nakui, who passed away at 20, he was a born-again Christian because he dedicated his life, him and his family, praise the Lord, dedicated their lives at the Harvest Crusades. It is very, very, very encouraging. I don't know about the salvation of these other individuals, though, but i do know as i've said in the previous podcast i've had with jeremy garling where we discussed the spiritual mindset spiritual warfare mindset that a christian should have not just for those who are serving in the battlefields in our military but for us at home we have to have that mindset that we need to remember how much sin is in our lives but it is all shed away by the the blood spilled on on calvary the blood spilled on calvary and the blood that our men and women in our military for so many years they what they've done on that battlefield for us that's the reason why you can do what you do today so this is it's been a heavy topic i hope that you guys really take it to heart and i honestly do mean when i say thank a veteran if you see someone who has a hat that says, you know, Vietnam veteran, whatever, take it. Take time to say thank you, because it honestly means a lot. Like I said, with our current environment, that does not care for our military, our police, our firefighters. Take time to show your appreciation to them, because, like I said, you wouldn't have the freedoms that you have today if it wasn't for those men and women who put their themselves on the line the brave souls who go, who are probably scared to death the, these 13 individuals i'm pretty sure they were i'm pretty sure they were a little bit afraid i mean i can i don't know but i'm pretty sure there was some idea that most likely they may not come home but the idea of being so scared but wanting to go out there and serve your country shows a greater pride than, the, than what is found in a lot of other individuals in this country. So take the time. Pray for the people who are doing this, who are currently still there, not just in Afghanistan, but all over the world. Evil reigns supreme in all areas of our world. And our military is are the ones who are there on the front lines. As you go to sleep tonight, you sleeping in your bed, the free the security that you have as you go to sleep, there are people who are not sleeping who are fighting for you. They don't know you. I don't know I did not know these individuals before this attack happened. But I am most certainly grateful. For their sacrifice, I am not going to let their sacrifice, their death, be in vain, as much as other individuals will make it seem. Pray for these individuals. You have the time. Thank a veteran, and most importantly, always be grateful for those who put themselves ahead of you, who make the ultimate sacrifice. To those thirteen, these thirteen individuals, these thirteen servicemen and women who died who did not deserve to die this way, I myself, I salute you, and I'm thankful for your service. And to those who are out there protecting our nation, I salute you as well, and thank you for your service. But to these 13 individuals who died, may God bless them and their families. And please, like I said, pray for them. Pray is the greatest weapon that we have against the enemy the greatest weapon we can use to communicate with our Lord. That's going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening.